Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Man, it's so good to be in the house with you tonight. Anybody else excited to be at Haven? Come on. Uh, Here we are knocking on summer's door. I don't know about you, but I'm loving this weather. She, oh gosh, it's amazing. Um, And it won't be very long, what, four more weeks, five more weeks, we'll be having Haven Nights right out here. And so uh, school will be out and man, things go to the next level. So if you have your Bible tonight, turn to the book of Mark chapter six. If you brought your Bible, can you say amen? Oh, liars. No, I'm kidding. Of course you brought your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, your physical Bible, okay, the odds are you're probably going to hell. I'm just kidding. Uh, But you do need a Bible of some sort, so maybe a Bible app, right? So I know some of you guys are, is he serious right now? Is he really angry? I'm just an angry person. Kyle told me I've been angry since Sunday, so um, the Lord's helping me. Uh, Yeah, Mark chapter 6 on your Bible app. How many of y'all use the app over the Bible, just out of curiosity? How many of y'all have a physical Bible, and that's what you use? And the rest of y'all just don't touch it. I get it. Okay. All right. No. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 6, we're thankful for the Word of God tonight. We're thankful that we don't have to depend on feelings and emotions to tell us what He thinks about us. We don't have to depend on feelings and emotions to, to describe our position in relationship to the Lord, yeah? Rather, we look to the proper mirror to tell us where we're at, and that is his book. Amen? His word is spirit and his truth, and uh, if you're going to walk out this, uh, this experience this life, with any mileage at all, it's going to be because you learn to dig into the word. Thankful for the word tonight. Now listen, this is the enemy. This is what the enemy does. The moment we start reading, you start sleeping, okay? Don't let it happen, right? Spirit and truth right here. Life right here. It's, it's very, it's, it's vital that you put away your phone. Tell your neighbor to put away their phone. All right, put away your phone. We're not, it's not the glow that we're looking for tonight. The glow on your face from your phone is not the one. All right, we're looking for one from the Lord. Mark chapter 6, the Bible says, He went away from there and came to his hometown. Talking about Jesus going back to see his homies, right? Something special about the hometown, right? And so he's going back to his hometown. His disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said this, where did this man get these things? And what is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter? The son of, don't we know him? Isn't this that joker who come from the messed up home and they made all kinds of claims about who their son was and the immaculate conception? Verse 
Is this not the carpet of the son of Mary and the brother of James and Hoseas and Judas and Simon? Like, we know those boys. Like, we kick it with them. Like, we, we get dubs on Fortnite online with them. You guys do Fortnite still? No? That's okay. All right, moving on. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. I want to speak to us uh, from this thought tonight. If you have a pen or a pencil, write this down. If you're taking notes in your phone, the thief of familiarity. The thief of familiarity. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father. We recognize that tonight, divine appointment for each one in the room, that you have something to say. God, give us... uh, godly wisdom to understand that this is a divine moment tonight. Give us the heart, Lord God, to hear revelation, to understand, Lord. I pray that your, oh, your power, God, your glory would be on display in this room, that faith and hearts would rise God, that we would allow you to do all that you want to do in this room. Amen. This is Jesus. Not he, he's, he's, he's just starting to blow up, right? Like people are, his fame is just starting to, to take off. He's, he's, um, he's, he's been touched by the woman with the issue of blood. He's, he's healed Jairus' uh, daughter. He's, he's cleansed a, a leper. Um, he's healed a paralyzed man. And now, so he's got like some momentum. It's kind of what we, sometimes what we, this is like after youth camp. Uh, one time at youth camp, Kyle, you guys know Kyle? There's Kyle. Kyle's a man. <sighs> he gets passionate uh, about the things of God. And there was this one Thursday night at youth camp. It got crazy, crazy. And people were people were just believing God for all kinds of stuff. And this is just the way it works, you know. It's like when you see one thing, it's just like a domino effect, right? Like faith unlocks all of this stuff that God's been wanting to do. And all of a sudden, just people just start receiving, right? And so faith unlocks the door. And finally, you know, one person unlocks it. And then it's just like everybody. And so at one point uh, in the service, there's this, we had this monstrous podium, right? This big wood podium. And the preachers would preach behind. And Kyle full of the Holy Ghost uh, or something, uh, runs and makes a, a leap, right? Like flat-footed, like just his, his, I don't know that his vertical has ever been better. And he was on top of the podium and he was preaching. I don't know if you've seen Kyle preach, but it's never all, like it's almost like a characteristic of God, right? Like immutable, it does not change, right? So he's, you know, and he's got his, and he's swinging his body like he does, and uh, like only Kyle can do. 
And he was anointed, and people were, like, being blessed and stuff, and he was on top, right? And so this is kind of like Jesus at the moment, right? Like, he's starting to, he's starting to build up here, right? Like, he's starting to get some momentum. He's throwing his, his hand. He's casting out the devils and all this kind of stuff. And people are starting to take notice, and he comes back with his homies to his hometown, right? And obviously, you want to be celebrated anywhere. Is You want to be celebrated at home. Like, all of us desire to be affirmed, particularly by the people that are closest to us. And it's always the people that are closest to us that refuse to affirm us. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Like, the people that we desire affection and affirmation from the most are the people that withhold it the most. What is with people, right? And so Jesus is coming to his hometown. He's got a good track record going uh, here as his ministry is launching. And, and we see that the Bible says he, he couldn't do any significant miracles. Weird, right? In your own hometown? It doesn't say that he, he couldn't, or that he wouldn't, rather. It's not like he was angry. Not like he was, he was mad, you know, about, uh, 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 about the, the stir fry that he had eaten for lunch, and he's miffed at the people that prepared it, like he should have done better, right? Like, it's not that he was upset that, you know, his, uh, this is an actual thing, but I'll just throw it in there, right? I won't throw it in there, never mind. It's not that he was in a bad mood, right? Like, Jesus isn't moody. Like, he wanted and desired to move in power, particularly in his hometown, right? But he couldn't because of their unbelief, right? And so, you know, and, and what was it, that, what was it that, that spurred the unbelief? The thief. The familiarity robbed them. Of the wonder-working power of God. Wow. You and me aren't a lot different. It's been made reference to tonight in this room. We attend services, and some services we attend with a great anticipation that God is going to do mighty acts. But a lot of times in the hometown, in the home crowd, we stop expecting. and We stop looking for God to do the unthinkable and the unimaginable. And we treat God as though, as though he delays his power and the flex of his mighty right hand for the special evangelist. Or for the special retreat or for the special youth camp. But I want to remind you tonight that the God of all creation, with all of his power and all of his authority, is in this house, in this moment. And if you have come tonight in need of a mighty deliverance from some addiction or for some heartbreak or from some wound, I come to tell you that he, he is God all by himself and he doesn't need a special messenger. He only needs you to allow your faith to, ratchet, to reach up into the heavenlies and pull down into the natural who he is. And here's the thing about God. He doesn't demand that you notice him. He didn't say, 
hey, don't you know who I am? I'm trying to do mighty works among you. He's not like us. Demand our special places and our special seats and our special drinks. Isn't it funny how we're so good at, at, at honor when it comes to leadership? Let me sit close to the pastor. Let me serve the pastor. Let me honor the minister. And I don't, that's great. But honor doesn't, isn't reserved for a pastor. And in fact, if you're trying to serve the pastor, you might have got it flipped. The pastor is the one that serves you. And, and it, it, could be that, it could be that if we would allow our honor to become more parallel, we'd see more breakthrough and more miracles and more signs and wonders. And it could be that it could be that the person that's carrying your breakthrough is the person that you're sitting beside. But you never know it because you're too familiar. And familiarity is robbing you from the grace of God that is set down right beside you. of familiarity had come to the hometown of Jesus and they knew him too much they knew him too well they knew who he was they saw him as a kid they saw him in they saw him in Hebrew school they knew how they they knew how he acted out he probably didn't act out but they knew how he acted out I'll use my my own experience they seen how he treated other people in the lunchroom they seen how he treated other people in the classroom, how they, uh, how they failed to esteem, like, you know, the work, the homework, or the classwork. They saw that, right? And because of the familiarity, there's no way that this man, where did, what did they ask? Where does this knowledge come from? Verse 3, where, where does this wisdom come from? What are they saying? It didn't come from him. He didn't conjure that up himself. He's he's got that from somewhere else. What are they saying? He's not God. He cannot be the Messiah. So he's had to garner this wisdom from some other source. But to understand the God that we serve is to, and to esteem him as God is to say that, that, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, although he is the son of God, right, he is uh, also God the son, amen? And it's also to say that he lives and exists outside of anyone or any other thing, and he does not depend on any other source for his wisdom or for his knowledge. He is wisdom, and he is knowledge. He does not depend upon any other source for his sustenance. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not just some, some earthly figure. Oh, but I'm the Son of God, and, if, and, and, and the Son of God must live by the word of God. 
God. I am not human. I am superhuman, if you will. And so this is the God that we serve. He is eternal. He always has been and always will be. He has no beginning and he will know no ending. He is self-existing. He does not depend on another. If he had to depend on another, then the, the other would be responsible for his being. Oh, but he does not depend on flesh. He does not depend on, on, on an early morning espresso. Anybody else? He does not depend upon a, a, a quick Chipotle bowl, right? He does not depend upon a, a love relationship with the, with the cutie pie. He is God all by himself. And that reality is not dependent on whether or not you acknowledge it. And they didn't acknowledge it. They denied it. And Luke's gospel records that they said that he was the son of Joseph. Which is also to say that he wasn't a virgin birth. Again, an attack on his deity. Listen, the God that we serve is not, we're talking about familiarity, the thief of familiarity. <clears throat> he is completely other. He is altogether holy. And your every attempt on your behalf and my behalf to make him like us is a terrible misrepresentation of who he is and of what he is. This God, uh, uh, this God demands to be served and seen as holy. And so, and so here he is in his hometown, but he doesn't make, he doesn't make a, a scene about who he is. Instead, he waits for somebody to acknowledge it. He's at Simon the leper's house. And everybody's cool and casual and laid back. Do you remember the story? Does he say, wait a minute, guys. You haven't washed my feet. Does he say that? No. He says, hey, does he say, wait a minute. I'm getting ready. Shouldn't somebody anoint my feet? Does he say that? No, he doesn't say that either. What does he do? He waits for somebody to notice him. And every time in Scripture that someone noticed that this was no mortal man, but this was indeed the Messiah. This was indeed Jesus, the son of David. He responds with the fullness of his power. The moment someone begins to take notice that it's not just an ordinary moment. It's not just an ordinary day. Oh, but today is the day where I encounter the living God. Oh, who is intimately concerned with all that I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, would to God tonight that we had some young people in the room that would recognize that this God that walked the dusty roads of Jerusalem is in this house by his spirit even in this moment. And if you would just acknowledge his existence, if you just acknowledge his beauty, oh, you have access. Oh, of the fullness of the Godhead bodily through his son. Jesus, by way of his spirit, that is in the room right now. 
I don't feel him. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about your feelings and emotions. They are not drivers and not indicators of anything really that is true. I am talking about the truth, which is your spirit and which is his word. And his word says where my, where my presence is, there is freedom and there is liberty. Oh, to this, this evening on this beautiful Thursday. It could be life change for you, not because this is a special moment, but because every moment can become a God moment when you choose to acknowledge that he's in the space. This is why it doesn't matter who your minister is. I don't change. I have no, I, 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 I've, got, I've got no influence over his position as God. This is why it really doesn't matter the songs that we sing, whether or not they're your preference, because they have no bearing, whether they're doctrinally correct or not, they have no bearing on his position at the right hand of the Father. And the reality that he's making intercession for you and for me. It has no bearing on the finished work of the cross that results in your healing and your wholeness right now, not in eternity, but is available for you in this moment. Somebody acknowledge the presence and the power of this Jesus right now in this house. Somebody, I want somebody, if you got to lift your hands, if you got to close your eyes, can you just take a moment and begin to acknowledge all oh, that he is who he says he is, all oh, that he is the firstborn uh, of many brothers. Oh, that he is God all by himself. Oh, and that he's here able and ready to work and move on the behalf of his children. Oh, we will not allow familiarity to rob us of genuine encounter. We will not allow familiarity to rob us of salvation, of deliverance, of the fullness of God. Oh, holy Holy Spirit, settle in this house. Cause our cause the eyes of our hearts to be open, Lord God, to the reality of your presence among us, even in this moment. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you are the all-sufficient one, all that we need, God. Oh, every addiction has to stop. Every, oh, every... Every insecurity has to stop right here. Oh, every disease right here. When we begin to acknowledge your presence, when we begin to, to recognize all the fullness of your resurrection power, God, do a work among us right now, right here. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we're so we're so driven by we're so driven by our mind, will, and emotions that it takes us a full hour and a half to become somewhat sensitive to the spirit of the living God. I want to remind you that your spirit is ready. Your spirit is ready. Oh my God. Oh, the flesh may be weak, but if you could just push in oh, to the spirit, oh, to the soul, the, the, the to the true you, oh, who you really are. Oh, you are the righteousness of God according
according to his word. Oh, you are, uh, you bear the likeness of this Jesus according to his word. Oh, I know it may have been a rough week. I know you may have had some struggles. I know you may have had some failures. Oh, but I want to remind you, you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Washed in the one who died once. Oh, for your salvation, for your righteousness. And because of that, you are in good position to petition heaven. Oh, when God the Father looks to you, he sees his son, Jesus. And because of that, he looks to answer. He looks to move on your behalf, not because of your good deeds, not because of your good works, not because of your report card, not because of what mom or dad said, but because of what Jesus Christ of Nazareth accomplished at Calvary. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Familiarity robs us, robs us of the greatness of God. But not just the greatness of God, it also robs us of the greatness of our peers. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It robs us of the greatness of God. Oh, they took offense at him. Aren't your sisters here with us, they asked. I'll never forget. We had a young man in youth group who, who uh, had some issues. The Lord had done a, a great work in his life. It saved him miraculously from a messed up home. But man, he walked in and he had some issues. And he's probably not the, the first person you'd call to, to pray for you because of his issues. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and most probably didn't. But, but I'll never forget when the report came from Hamilton High School when a young lady was coming in from soccer practice with a broke arm. And he pulls her into the side room. And he says, in the name of Jesus, be made whole. And her arm comes back together. Familiarity will rob you of allowing greatness to appear in those around you. I would have never expected it. Because I knew a little too much about this, about this person. That's what religion kind of... Is Michael here? I think he left early to the retreat. Uh, Michael... Davis, a lot of you know Michael Davis, he came to Elevate one year, and man, God wrecked his life, I'm talking just beautifully, wonderfully saved, and immediately the Lord began to use him in like signs and wonders, um, he wasn't living, he was still messed up, right, like the outward works were still not exactly what they should be, right, but the inward man was changed. I know that's hard for some of us to hear. But that inward man was changed. Oh, was, was, he was walking in the likeness of Christ. And as he was young and in the Lord and was not familiar with the presence of God and what the limitation should be, this dude was uh, walking around uh, Hamilton doing power, what we call power evangelism. God, give me somebody to speak to. God, show me somebody to pray for, right? And so he and uh, Chandler and Jackson, gee whiz, Kyle, all misfits, am I right? Like, 
what? God's going to use these guys? And, and they're, they're just, the Lord is giving them words of knowledge. The, word is allow, the Lord is allowing them to minister in power, seeing people healed. Uh, Michael testifying of like, man, I stopped sitting on the, some of y'all need to hear this. I want to look uh, up at the ceiling because I don't want to point any fingers or name any names. But instead of sitting beside his best friend on the bus, I'm not talking about the church van. I'm talking about the public school bus. He decided, I'm going to sit in a seat. I want to scoot in by the window, leave the seat open beside me, and pray that God gives me a word for the person that sits down. This is Michael who was slinging dope on his front porch. And he, he begins, to, he begins to, to, to make this make room for the Lord to use him in this capacity. You know what the Lord did? He used him in that capacity. Miracles, signs, and wonders, all because he didn't allow familiarity to rob him of God's wonder. Oh, hallelujah unto God. Oh, just, just, just Michael Davis, brand new Christian, brand new saved. And it wasn't just Michael. It was student after student, salvation, and then immediately being used in the gifts. Like, unbelievable. I'm over here like, it took me years to believe God for this. What are you doing? Right? Like, my gut reaction is, it's not fair. Right? And so, and here God is just breaking off every, every, every rule that I thought that they had to follow before they could begin to, to, be, to be used in any kind of mighty way. But the reality is you just need to acknowledge that he is who he says he is. Oh, if you'll just allow him to be the Lord of your life. It's the only requirement is that he is Lord, that you've confessed him as the Christ. Oh, that you recognize that he's God all by himself and you refuse to allow the religious establishment to tell you otherwise and you keep believing him for signs and wonders. Oh, I know they'll tell you you'll never win your school, you'll never win your family, you'll never win your community until you do. Until you do. Oh, because this is the God that we serve. Uh, uh, if we will refuse to allow all of the, all of the, the, the efforts of, of the flesh and, 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 and the enemy to bring in familiarity. And I, 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 I don't even know if Hasia was saved and Hasia, we started picking up Hasia, one of the first ones in this new wave. And this young lady starts packing up a van all by herself. What? Hasia? She's not really um, type A in school, anyway, in the classroom, I should say. Pretty much always quiet, right? In school, I wouldn't have said, Hasia's going to fill the van. Kyle and I was just talking about it tonight. Hasia, she's kind of got it. Right? What am I saying? Do you understand who you're sitting beside? You understand who they are. But do you understand the God that resides in their spirit? Do you understand that within them, they are as... Christ Jesus and if they are the good news is you are too what are we waiting on 
What are we waiting on? Do you know that the, do you know that your favorite, your favorite preacher doesn't have any more of Jesus than you? Do you know that your pastor doesn't have any more of Jesus than you? Do you know that your pastor doesn't have any more of the Holy Ghost than you if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost? Each, each seat that is filled tonight is a seat that has a capacity to release a great awakening in this last day. What are we waiting on? Well, God will use somebody else. No, he chose you. He selected you. Yeah, but like I'm not, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm not him. And I can't, and this, and, and, and I can't. But I just want to remind you that... He's put this treasure in earthen vessels. You know what earthen vessels are? It's fragile clay that's broke. Look it up. He uses broken people. Not the spiritual supergiant that you've put on a pedestal. It's you. I don't want the thief to rob me of the greatness beside me. I want to push people further. I want to pat them on the back and say, that's right. You are a child of God. That's right. You have the capacity to usher in change in every sphere that you step in. I don't want to be among those that are so familiar, like, yeah, give it time. We'll see. Oh, yeah, another service. Let's see, uh, let's see what, what we can pick apart and criticize. And this is why we can't have a move of God. You've lost, you've allowed the thief of familiarity to rob you of the wonder of Christ Jesus, of his presence, the wonder of the one sitting beside you and what God has done in them. It ought to be enough for each one of us to dance and shout across this room. We shouldn't have to choreograph. Oh, my goodness, we should look to our left and our right and say, my God, if you did it in them, do it in me and do it in my family. And I know that sometimes we don't reach out to particular people because, like, you know, whatever. Like, they're weird, right? Like, some people are weird. I don't want to have them pray. Man, God uses weird people. In fact, you study the prophets. Those boys were weird. Loners. Couldn't relate to anybody in society. They were goofy. God uses goofy people. Uh, you don't have to fit into the club or the clique or the group. You may have a ton of friends, but you may have no friends. It makes no difference. You still carry this Christ on the inside of you. You carry all of him. You carry all of him. This is why we don't have to be nervous with Jonathan going over to Armenia and, and, and pray for a, a special anointing that he'll be able to endure. He already has the fullness of Christ on the inside of him. He's already got it. He's been had it. The moment he received Christ, he received the fullness of God. Hallelujah. And what's true of Jonathan is true of you. The only difference is this guy is crazy enough to believe that it might be true might be true 
it might be true that my behavior is not an indication of my relationship, of my spirit man, my church attendance, what they've said, my skill set, my feelings, my emotions. Familiarity keeps people low. I want to celebrate people. I want to celebrate them. I want to cheer them on. When, when, when praying for people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the mo- for me, the most effective I've not talked to to the other ministers in the room, but for me, the most effective approach is to cheer them on. Is one, Once they understand the process, is to cheer them on and let them know when I see it, that's it. That coming alongside, that's it, that's it. That's the Holy Spirit. And as they begin to believe and understand, it begins to flow out from, from within them because somebody come alongside of them and say, that's it, that's it. And it could be. That's all, that's all the person that you've been talking about. The person that you've been whispering about. Could be that they just need you to come alongside them. And cheer them on. That's it. That's it. That's who you've been called to be. That's what you've been purposed to be. Man. A thief. A familiarity. He still uses foolish things to confound the wise. I tried to give you a whole list, I don't know how it came out, of just messed up people that God decided to use. And I could go, I could go on forever of individuals that, I know people that pastors won't even let them into church because they know too much about them. And they're like, I know God will use you, but I also know you're know stuff we've got we've got expectations for those in leadership and those on this stage that are not ordinary sometimes they're level up but the problem with having any type of of fence like that is then everybody gets bent on the fence. And the moment somebody crosses the fence, everybody's like, take them off the team. They need a break. I'm like, you need a break. And you're still on the team? Like, you know too much. Give the person some grace. The Lord's working in their life. Can't you see it? Or you've become too familiar. Too familiar with them. Too friendly with them. I wanted to read this definition of familiarity. An inappropriate informality because we know someone too well. An inappropriate informality because we know someone too well. I can predict their behavior. I know what they'll say. I know how to manipulate them. I know how to push their buttons. And I don't care to honor them. You know what I like about about Tia? This is true of every new believer. But she's not a new believer anymore. A new believer will come in and be like, 
bro, that song was so fire. Can I get the set list? Like, I want to I wanna listen to that more. Like, that was the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. That's what they say just about every time that they hear me preach. I don't have No, that's what they, when they hear somebody minister, that was so good. They go to a, a retreat. Oh, my gosh, it was everything. Right? T is still like that. Every, every event, every preacher, every sermon, every service, every prayer meeting, she's here every Friday night, and if there's four people or 44 people, bro, I am telling you, it was so fuego, it should be illegal. Probably is in 49 states, you feel? Good thing we're in Ohio. Like, this is her so hype, not just on, like, stuff that she's a part of, but the people that are around her. I want some tears in my life. I want some tears that'll believe. I want some tears that'll see the good. I want some tears that'll encourage, that won't be robbed by the thief of familiarity. Hallelujah. No wonder she's blessed so much, right? Everybody's a candidate to bring her healing. Everybody. Because she sees everybody as like little Jesus is walking around, which is appropriate. And you see people as a bunch of failures, a bunch of heathens, a bunch of little hoochie mamas running around, right? We need a paradigm shift on our perspective. I have 28 seconds. Relax. I'm almost point three. Familiarity robs us. Of the fullness of God's power. Verse 5 said he could do no mighty work. That word mighty work there actually happens to be the phrase dunamis, <clears throat> which is interpreted power or a divine supernatural ability or enabling, which is how we define the Holy Spirit. Mighty works ought to be normal in this house because it's a holy expectation from a holy God that does not change. It's a part of his characteristic. He's immutable. And if he's a mighty God who does not change, who wants to do mighty works, why not here? Why not now? God, forgive us of coming into this room, treating it as though it was just another gathering, another religious calisthenic oh but God help us to see we've already missed too much oh the works and the wonders that you've longed to do oh God help us to see and understand and know hallelujah let faith arise in our hearts tonight oh that deliverance can be ours that fullness can be ours that wholeness can be ours tonight oh God I want to be enamored I was telling Jessica, I'm trying to close. I'll get there last Thursday. Maybe the reason why I'm so stinking infatuated with you is because I never see you. Like we're always running and always doing all this stuff. And I'm like, geez, you look so good. Is this normal? 
me to think and feel this way? Like, I love you. I, I mean, is that TMI? But how often so many of us in this room come from broken homes. Has familiarity and relationship here on earth robbed husbands and wives of the wonder, of the beauty. Because that's what you start doing is you stop, you stop examining closely. You stop noticing details when you become familiar. Everything becomes casual and nothing is special. Everything becomes ordinary and nothing is holy. Let it not be so, not just in these gatherings, but in every relationship. May we be cognizant that there is a God that is desiring to move through us for them or through them for us. I cannot afford to mess up any relation. I can't count off anyone. I can't afford to cut anyone out of my life because if they're here, it's probably because God put them in my life because they probably have something that I need. Oh, and I want to honor people like that. Not just the preachers. I want to honor people like that. Oh, this treasure in earthen vessels. Oh, I don't want to rob God of the full effect is really robbing ourselves of his anointing. I want to be the one that notices him. I want to be the one that sees, oh, his wonder and his majesty. How about you tonight? Oh, may it not be said of us anytime we enter into a sacred space. Oh, let it be us that sees the wonder. Let it be us that sees him in the fullness of his majesty. Let it be us, the one that get lost in the gaze of his eyes of fire. Oh, let it be us that get caught up in his presence. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet tonight. Lift your hands to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven tonight. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, restore the wonder. Restore the beauty. Oh, God, restore the holiness, Lord Jesus. Oh, that is you in your presence, God. Oh, Father, help us to perceive within ourselves where we've allowed the thief of familiarity to rob us, God. Oh, and let us determine that it stops here and it stops now. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.